Everybody, look, it's been a while, and I know audio wise that didn't sound good. We're efforting and we're working on that. But in the times that we're in right now, I just wanted to let you know moving forward, until we're past this pandemic, these episodes will be called Man Cave Huddle House Party Episodes. And I know what everybody's thinking, Greg. Can you afford to sit there and have that house party music on your podcast? I mean, what if they come looking for you? What if they want their money? You know what I say to that? I say, look, I'm not being arrogant when I say this. Let them come, man. What are they going to sue me for? Fine. I'll give you the 1500 bucks. I mean, I'm going to try and tell you I'm worth 25 but I'll give you the 50 bucks that I can give you. What you want me to do? I mean, right now, we all know across the country, wherever you are listening to this podcast right now, I know you ain't at work. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. I know you ain't at work. We're all dealing with this pandemic, COVID-19, the coronavirus. I mean, everybody that thought of it as not being a joke. Everybody that thought of it as it not being that serious, I know I was one of those folks at the early beginning, me being in the sports industry, you know, it just feels as though sports is that one thing that's every day, you know, it's like, it doesn't matter if it's election year, it doesn't matter if it's a blizzard outside, it doesn't matter if it's a hurricane, it doesn't matter if all these other, if there's a blackout, right? And one thing that you can always count on is sports, no matter where you are in the country. So there could be an earthquake going on in California, but in New York, sports are still being played. There could be a blizzard up and down the East Coast, but yet on the West Coast or the Midwest and even in the South, sports are still being played. There could be a, a, a or tornado, a hurricane, or a tsunami hitting the states. But at other parts of the country, sports are still going on. This is one situation where literally there is nothing like no volleyball for all my volleyball fans out there. There's no nothing. Colleges have canceled sports for the rest of the academic year. NFL. Well, I should say NFL. uh, NBA. NHL. All these um, MLB, they have all postponed their seasons or suspended their seasons because of this virus. And NFL, they're the only league that's actually winning in this scenario because they're actually in their offseason. So they actually have things to talk about because they don't have anything active going on season-wise. You know, we all just family-wise need to take care of our families. And watching the news and all that, everybody knows what you got to do to take care of your families. Keep that social distance. Wash your hands. You know, don't put your hands on your face. Things of that nature. But I will tell you this. 
So I go to the CVS store today. We make a family trip. And we wait in our line. And this dude has a face mask on. And it's the wrong face mask that he had on. Because the people that really have the face mask, they have the ones where it's like it covers your whole nose, mouth, jaw, all up like to your ears. He had the situation where it was just covering the nose and the mouth and like not even all of his jaw. And it looked a little tight where his ears were looking like they were flaps because the 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 it wrapped around his ears, but they were pulling on his ears. And he started coughing, y'all. He start, He got a face mask on and he's coughing. And I looked at him like, bruh, listen, you're allowed to cough up with what's going on right now in the country, bruh. You're going to be out in public with a face mask on and coughing? Please, man. I was like, look, we're not kidding. It's not six feet with him. It's 12. Okay? But anyway, look. I know that not a lot of sports is going on. There's only one thing to talk about. I know everybody's bored. That's why I'm calling these the house party episodes because ain't nobody got work. You stuck up, you stuck up in the crib and you got nothing else to do. So just listen to me. I try and crack some jokes, um, bring some things to light and whatever sports I could give you that is pertinent. Uh, I'm going to give you that. I mean, obviously there's only football, but all these other sports, I mean, uh, I'm going to try and do, I, I should say try, I'm going to record an episode every day so we could kind of build a relationship. We could kind of build a, you ain't got nothing to do, so let me just see what Greg got to say. So, um, hit me up. All y'all that are my friends, my peoples, y'all know who y'all are because I sent y'all these episodes. So, y'all know who y'all are. Let me know if there's a specific time that you want me to, like, email blast y'all and I could do that because... I woke up late today, and it was one of those, like, wow, man, I'm on vacation. This is feeling dope. And then it was a surreal feeling because it doesn't feel like the holidays. For me, the only time where I have extended period, and when I mean extended period, I mean like a week or two. I always get a day off here or a day off there or something like that, or you get the holiday weekend, but usually there's something associated with that. A random day off is the, you still got stuff to do, so today is that day where you can run all the errands. Or if you get Memorial Day weekend off or July 4th, there's always a holiday associated to where it's like there's an event to do. When I get the holidays off, it's Christmas and New Year's, right? So you sit there and say to yourself, you have two weeks off, but do you really have two weeks off? It's really a day or two because the first day you have off, you're like, I'm sleeping into whenever, whenever I want to get up out of bed. And then what happens two days after that? You got to start getting ready for Christmas and then Christmas comes and then you got people coming in from out of town. You Are you the one going out of town from in town? Everybody's usually having holiday parties. You might want to sit there, act like you're young again, and go out to like clubs or maybe like a bar or just have like a date night or whatever. Or it's just so festive. Hallmark got all them Christmas movies, all that stuff, man. Even HBO, they all got them Christmas movies going on. Office party, office Christmas party. I don't know if that's correct. Office party or office Christmas party. That is my joint. That is my favorite Christmas party of all time. 
I mean, a couple years ago, I had the opportunity of watching that movie. That's one of those movies where when you watch it, you sit there and you know the line that's coming, but it still makes me, it still makes me laugh every time I watch that party. And I'm Googling it right now. It's Office Christmas Party. Uh, it came out December 9th, 2016. Wow. This movie was budgeted 45 M's and it grossed uh, 114 M's. I mean, for anybody that's seen the the, the, the movie, I mean, I mean, oh, there's so many funny lines in there, man. I mean, that's just such a hilarious movie for me. Um, but that is something that is associated with the holidays, man, the movies. But now it's like March. You think of the basketball tournament, but there ain't no sports going on. It's still, if you're on the Northeast, it's still cold outside. So you can't be outside that long. It's March and there ain't nothing to do right now. Other than hopefully listening to your boy, as well as, you know, keeping up with the news and connected with your family. I saw um, the other day for all the New Yorkers, Governor Cuomo. He was out there talking about what's transpiring, what we're going to do, and how we're going to enter this new way of living for the foreseeable future. And I will say this. I'm not going to make it political, so I don't want anybody to think I'm making a political stance right now. The way he was talking, he was very calm, very eloquent, very, look, the government don't know what they're doing, but as New York... I got y'all. This is what we're going to do. Follow me. I got you. He was very just, he just acted like he could have been reading a prompter, but the way he was talking, he was talking like, man, look, this ain't nothing. I got you. Relax. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. I was like, wow, man. And when we're hearing our, when we're hearing our president talk, I'm sorry. I'm not feeling that. I'm feeling a lot of angst, a lot of nervousness, and a lot of facts that I hear that are true, but are not true. We gonna have a vaccine next week. My mother's a nurse. When we watched that together, she said, that's not true. It takes a year, a year and a half. You need to do testing and to create it, you can't just come up with a vaccine like it's, like it's, like, 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 like you getting a Band-Aid and give it to people. You need to test it to make sure that it's okay. So that had me worried. But just to make sure that all the people that are Republicans out there, when 9-11 had transpired, and I'm talking the planes already hit, and it was the next day, and the world was in turmoil, and you're sitting there thinking, are we under attack as a country? Was this just a terrorist attack? Was this just an operator error and the plane just cracked? Like, you didn't know what was going on. Bush came on and he said, and I didn't vote for him, but at that point in time, he said a lot of things that I needed to hear. I'm paraphrasing, but he just made it seem like we America. They got us, but they ain't going to get away with this. Whoever did this, we're going to get back at them and we're going to make them hurt twice as much as we hurt. I got you. Trust me. Right now, it's not about this or that. We family. We all one. And I'm going to take care of this. That's what he said. And that's how I felt. 
And I don't feel that way now. So that's why I say it's not a political thing. I just don't feel that way now. I'm looking at all these other outlets to get my information from. And I will say this. Um, as far as, as Governor Cuomo, he made me feel that way. Because you know what it is, man? For lack of a better term, when you're a little kid and there's crisis or whatever's going on in your life, you just want to hear your dad say, everything's going to be all right. Don't worry about it. I know. I know. I know. I know. Take it day by day. Everything's going to be all right. That's what you want to hear. I know a lot of people aren't blessed to have their dad in their household for their entire life. I know I wasn't. So there, there's a lot that's associated with that fear. And somebody needs to step up. And there's something to be said on, you don't have to believe it, but you need to say it and make it sound like you believe it. And Governor Cuomo was doing that. He made me believe like, all right, I agree with the curfew. I Wait, you said all the bars? All right, fine. We closing all the bars, all the gyms? How much? All right, if you say that's what we got to do, we closing the bars, the gyms, casinos, the curfew, all that. If that's what you say we got to do, I'm with it. I don't, I, I mean, I, I got you. If that's what you say we got to do, I'm with you. So this is where we are. This is where I am. Now let's talk about some sports. I done spoke for 13 minutes about how I feel about everything that's going on. And for me, speaking to anybody that can hear this, before I get into uh, some NFL free agency, R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We gonna be okay. We gonna be okay. Take this one day at a time. Do what all the experts are saying what we should do to maintain our immune system, to maintain our health, social distancing, self-quarantining. Um, just do what you need to do to be sane. And every day, some of the things that we need to do is go outside and you can't go to the gym. Maybe go for a bike ride if you have a bike. Go for a walk. Or just go outside in the sun or just go outside for a half hour or something. Just be outside. Another thing, too, we're so busy in the world that we live in from when we wake up to when we go to sleep. How about calling one each other now? You ain't got nothing to do. I mean, I might not pick up because I might be taking a nap. But I'm saying, how about now instead of texting or Having that five minute, I'm out, I'm driving home right now. Phone call, really calling somebody, really calling or reconnecting with people that you have not spoken to for a while, and use it now to reconnect and call people and say, "Yo, man, how you doing? What's up with you? I'm gonna call you tomorrow because you know I ain't got nothing to do." And just talk. Remember when we were young, when you were like 15, 16, 17, 18. When it was all about the phone call, man, calling me. Remember, your fellas, remember when we were young and you needed to have some game, man. You needed to get on the phone and say hi. And then after like that first two, three minutes, it was like, all right, what am I going to say? You need to have some game, man. You need to learn how to talk. 
actually have a conversation. Man, look. I, I mean, I, I, that's where I'm at now. Calling people now. Texting people. All of that. But anyway, um, let me get into this episode. So this episode is uh, House Party Part 1. And what we're going to talk about is NFL free agency because literally that's the only thing that's popping. The league year had opened. They said they're going to open on time. And all the NFL employees are working from home. But all that means now is that the transactions and free agency can commence and they can continue on schedule. The draft, they said might get pushed back, but it's going to happen. But usually um, what they've been doing with the draft is they've been making it like an outdoor party. And having a lot of fans and a lot of fan interaction. So this year, it's going to be more like the the original draft when they began the NFL League, where it's not going to be any fan interaction. It's probably just going to take place in maybe, let's say, a hotel room, um, ballroom. And it's just going to be... And I'm not... Don't quote me. I'm not saying that's how it's going to happen. But it's probably going to be in a small contained area, limited amount of people. And you're probably going to have the player come up Shake hands with the commissioner, do a Purell, you know what I'm saying? Swab with both hands and then move on to the next. But uh, in saying that, that's what I know so far that's going to happen with the draft. Now, there are a lot of players that have signed or still free agents. I mean, we're going to talk every day. So as of what has transpired today... I'm going to tell you um, what has transpired thus far. And for the Giant fans on a daily basis, I might have a Giant, you know, um, house party. That might be house party too. How about that? We going to have house party and house party two might be dedicated to my Giants fans. Holla at you boys. I got something to do every day now. So um, let's talk about some of these players that feel that it's real interesting where they went. Dallas. The Dallas Cowboys, they got some issues. They got some issues. Dak Prescott, free agent. Mari Cooper, free agent. What did the Dallas Cowboys decide to do? They decided to not pay Dak Prescott big money and give him a franchise tag. When I say franchise tag, he's going to get around $30 million, if not more. But a franchise tag is you get the average of the top five players at your position when they franchise tag you. So that's the, that's the team's way of saying you asking for too much money, but you're worth a lot of money, but we don't want to give you that much money. So it's almost like, you know, when you at like a, like, like a wedding reception or like you at like Easter dinner and it's like you ate already and you want to go up for a second plate, but they say you look, your stomach look kind of big. So we're not going to give you all the chicken. They might give you that small piece of chicken for the second plate. It's what the franchise tag is. So you're getting food, but you're not getting what you want. So that's what they did to Dak Prescott. Amari Cooper, the receiver that they traded and forfeited their first-round pick for. You knew they had to resign him. You knew it. How could you sit there and give up a first-round pick and then let this guy walk on Main Street like he's trying to catch coronavirus? I shouldn't be making that joke. I'm sorry. I know that's inappropriate. But I'm just saying, Amari Cooper has now agreed in principle to 140 M's. Vocabulary check. M's is what I call millions. Because when you're a millionaire, what I notice when I hear millionaires talk, they don't say I'm a millionaire. They say I got so and so many M's. Millions. Oof. I'm trying to educate and illuminate right now. 
So Amari Cooper has agreed in principal to 100 M's, 60 of them M's guaranteed, 40 million, I'm sorry, 40 M's as a signing bonus. So that means what he says, A-M-A-R-I, C-O-O-P-E-R dot. That's a 40 M dollar check he's about to get. And then on top of that, he's going to get 20 M's for injury that's guaranteed on the fifth day of the 2022 year. Meaning that if he's still at optimal playing level in year 2022, he's going to get an additional 20 million. Why? Because he's injury prone. But I'm saying, could you imagine signing a contract and getting 40 M's? Y'all ever think about what you would do getting 40 M's like that? I mean, real quick, we could get back to free agency. I know you ain't got nothing to do, so I'm going to talk. I've had this discussion. At my job, we usually go into the lottery, and we always sit there and say, you know, it's $200 and if we all win, we all get $10, $15, $20 apiece. I've already played out the list, right? So everybody that's in my family, cousins, aunts, uncles, not the little kids, because if I give your mom a check, that's to you. But my cousins, you'll get a separate check from your parent. Everybody's going to get a monetary check. So you can't say, Greg got all this money and left us. And no, I'm not giving y'all all my trap. It's about to be a percentage. And out of that percentage, I'm going to divide it up and everybody's going to get however much money they get. That's one thing. Then the second thing I would do with my check is I would literally buy 365 pairs of boxers and literally every day I would like to hear the little pop when I got to open up a new bag or a new pair of boxers. Yes, I'm literally going to have one pair of boxers for every damn day of the year just to be me. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to have a new pair of uh, uh, drawers every damn day of the year. That year. Right? And then you figure you got to have some money allocated to disrespectful purchases. Because you coming into new money and you can sit there and say, I'm going to allocate it to stocks and I'm going to invest and I'm going to do this and that. And you're going to do all that. But stop lying and stop acting like you're not about to go up in the mall. And buy you one pair of Jordans in eight different colors because you can. So you allocate a certain amount of money for you and your family, your immediate family. And you say, this is the amount of money everybody got. Go out and buy yourself something stupid. Even if it means buying yourself a a, 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 a $1,000 t-shirt that says, I love me some me. You do that to get that out your system. And then what do you do? When you're done with all that, that's when you start thinking about investing. All right, what's the, maybe should I become a venture capitalist? What are some of these new tech companies? Should I go out to Silicon Valley and maybe give a couple millions to some of these tech companies and then see my return come back in a couple of years? Should I get into some real estate? Or what about getting into real estate on a developmental level? Or what about becoming one of those folks where you could be somebody that owns a Dunkin' Donuts, but you don't own one, you own 50 of them joints, right? 
Or how about somebody where you sit there and invest in stocks and bonds? Something like that. But I know one thing that I would like to do. Um, for all y'all that know me, I live, I, I grew up, born and raised in Spring Valley, baby. Ukone, I said, said numero uh. I would buy back Memorial Park and... That was for all y'all that don't know. That was like the the local that that was the local town park, and I would turn it to the way it was when I was coming up, man. I mean, I would have late night basketball tournaments in the summer so kids could feel like instead of being playing video games or getting into some trouble, let's go out to the park and let's just watch so and so play. And then in the winter time, maybe purchase myself. Um, a building complex or something to the sort of where you could have a lot of different activities for the youth. Maybe on Friday night could be movie night. Saturday could be whatever for the youth. Um, during the week, obviously, it could be after school. It could be daycare, things of that nature, just to make sure that when you get out of school, you don't have to go home and not do nothing. You could go somewhere where somebody might have a tutor for you. Somebody might have uh, somebody to help you understand what you don't understand in school. And also, all your peoples will be there, too. Or maybe even have, like, a Saturday night um, movie night. Just where if you're at home and you're not blessed or fortunate enough to have that, you could come to the center and have that. And you know me, I might have to include sports into it. So all the games will be played in another room, but there will be multiple rooms that have multiple things for you to do. And in the summertime, there would be like outdoor activities at the park to do. So it's like you don't have to sit there and be like, king, 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 stop. What happened to the Wi-Fi? King, 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 king. You don't have to be on that all day long. That's what I would do if I came into 40 million. So, yes, I'm rounding back. I'm coming back to um, where I got off on a tangent. Amari Cooper basically signing for 160M guaranteed 40 million at the signing bonuses. So another free agent that I feel is it's going to be interesting where he signs is Jadavion Clowney. He's a defensive end on the Seattle Seahawks. There's a lot of places where he could go. In my opinion, I think when all the dust settles, he's going to go back to Seattle. They run a system that he likes. He likes to keep his hand in the dirt. He likes to look at the quarterback, do a move on the offensive tackle, and get busy. He doesn't want to worry about anything else in Seattle. They keep it real simple. They keep it real plain. But you need to be talented. And when you are talented enough, that's what makes that defense special. And I think they're going to keep him there. He hasn't signed yet, but he will. This next guy, the Tennessee Titans. My man, Illa Ill Ryan Tannehill. Four year. Hold on, let me take a sip real quick. I know that I was rude to slurp, but I just wanted to illustrate how I was uh, sipping right there. Four year, 118 M's, 62 M's guaranteed. I'm going to let that settle for a second. For all my football players out there, or for all my basketball fans out there, saying Ryan Tannehill is not talented, but to get four years at 62 million guaranteed, that's a lot of money for a quarterback that you didn't have as your guy starting at the beginning of the season, and he did blow up. 
and I and they they franchise tag Derrick Henry. So what you're doing is essentially is you're keeping the running back and the quarterback together. Now, maybe Ryan Tannehill has found a new life out in Tennessee and he has grown, mature, and evolved to the point where he is who he is supposed to be. Because oftentimes, a lot of players, they face pressure with the team that drafted them at a high position. And then they move on to another team. That pressure isn't there. And then who we all thought they were is who they become. That might happen with Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. But 62 M's, damn, is all I got to say. Um, so we move on to Drew Brees. Drew Brees, he was a free agent, but everybody knew he was coming back to New Orleans, and he even said it too. So he signed a two-year 50M deal. So that's 25 M's a year. I mean, he's probably, at this point in his career, I don't know if that's, you know, a monetary deal. I think it's him saying, look, I'm going to play as long as I feel that I can play and competitively compete for a Super Bowl. And he probably feels like, Let's, give me two years, and in two years, I'll let you know where I'm at. And that's big because the Carolina Panthers have told Cam Newton to look for a trade. And when they tell you to look for a trade, that's basically telling you, all right, look, we want you to go where you want to go, or we're going to release you, and you just going to go whomever wants you. You know what I'm saying? Because it's almost like, you know, when you're in a relationship with your girl, and you tell your lady, like, yeah, uh, I'm going to the strip club. I got $1,000 in singles, and it's going to be us and the fellas. And your lady looks at you like, be careful, don't drink too much, and drive safely. That's a problem. That's a problem. When she said that to you, that's the, all right, I don't think I'm going out because you mad at me for something and I don't know what it is. And I know going out right now is the wrong decision and I'm not falling for that trap. So now I'm going to stay home and listen to what I did wrong. And I know there's a lot of women out there that might be cool with that. But what I'm saying is, or I'm trying to illustrate, is pretty much when... They tell you to go look for a trade. They're basically telling you, we don't want you. Go to where you want it. So right now, Cam Newton is out there for anybody to get. And Carolina, they already did their due diligence. They have agreed in principle with Teddy Bridgewater, who's the backup for New Orleans. Ironically, Drew Brees signs his two-year 50M deal. Teddy Bridgewater signed a three-year 63M deal with the Carolina Panthers. So everything works hand-in-hand. So Teddy Bridgewater was like, yo, Drew, are you retiring? Nah, I'm about to come back to New Orleans for two more years. Okay, cool, because I got this deal waiting for me. So thank you for telling me I'm going to go over here. And Cam Newton went on social media, and he said that, look, it was forced upon him. It's not something that he wanted to do, but the team wanted him to do that. And I get what he's doing by doing that. He's letting all the fans know that he's not he's not leaving them hanging and he's not trying to tell the city, I'm leaving y'all. It's more like I'm not wanted by management. And that's a that's a cool thing to do. That's a cool thing to do. Um 
Let me see here. You got Phillip Rivers, former quarterback of the San Diego Chargers. It looks like, I should say, it looks like he has signed an agreed in principle with the Indianapolis Colts to a one-year 25M deal. So, you know, the Colts are a team where they got a lot of good pieces and they got a lot of talent on that team. And if they could catch lightning in a bottle, which Phillip Rivers is capable of doing, they could really be good next year. We could really be special. Um, another deal that went under the radar for me that I want people to pay attention to, Robert Quinn. Um, outside linebacker slash edge rusher slash defensive end for the Dallas Cowboys has signed a five-year 70M deal, 30Ms guaranteed with the Chicago Bears. People sit there and say, yeah, so what? He went to the Bears. All right, now he's going to be the bookend to Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack has been a monster for all these years, unblockable. Now you got Robert Quinn, who is a stud in his own right, and if he's the type of guy that's really going to be very productive with all the attention that's being paid to Khalil Mack. That's not a big deal, but that's a deal where, wow, Robert Quinn ended off this season with 15 sacks because of all the attention that's given paid to Khalil Mack. And I will say this right now, is Chicago a destination for Cam Newton? Who knows? I'm just saying. And one thing that I want to leave and I leave the best for last. Tomas Brady, a.k.a. the GOAT, a.k.a. Why do the Patriots go to the Super Bowl every damn year? Well, folks, it seems as though he's had a meeting with Robert Kraft, the owner, the owner of the New England Patriots. And in that meeting, they came away with the understanding that Tom Brady would no longer be the quarterback of the New England Patriots and he would not have a deal with the Patriots. To me, whatever you hear from both sides of the camps, when I say the camps, I mean the New England Patriots and Tom Brady, it's a lot of CYA, cover your ass. Robert Kraft said if Tom Brady wants to be a Patriot, he there would there was a deal that would have been made. Bill Belichick is saying he's one of the greatest quarterbacks he's ever played with. A lot of uh you know, you get he you hear him from Tom Brady, Tom Brady saying things that are like of he wanted to be back, but he wasn't wanted. So, I mean, you're hearing a lot of that. Whatever transpired, transpired. But at the end, when the dust settles, and what's really good right now is that Tom Brady is not going to be on the Patriots next year. And the Patriots are moving in a different direction. And that tells me one thing. When Jimmy Garoppolo was on the Patriots, and he was really coming into his own, and Bill Belichick had voiced, we should move along, move from Tom Brady and really let this Jimmy Garoppolo kid play. Yes, the Jimmy Garoppolo who went to the Super Bowl last year with the 49ers and lost to the Kansas City Chiefs, that Jimmy Garoppolo. Bill Belichick saw he had a great quarterback. Let's let Brady go. We got another one. Kraft said, nah, man. I'm looking at Tom Brady like he's my son. I can't do that to my son. Brady was like, all right. Bet. 
They traded Garoppolo to the to the 49ers. Now it worked out because they went and got themselves another Super Bowl versus the Rams. But now they're in a situation where you got Jimmy Garoppolo and granted the 49ers lost that Super Bowl. They're in position to probably be back there next year. Where the Patriots, you got Nate Stidham, Cody Kessler as your quarterbacks, as your potential starters next year. You had a lot of defections. Kyle Vinoy that left. Jamie Collins left. Yeah, you resigned Devin McCourty. But what I'm saying to you is, is that one thing that I want everybody to pay attention to now, year in and year out, you have a Randy Moss. You have a Gronkowski. You have all these great players that come in and they go out. And there's a system. There's a culture. There's a this and there's a that. But what's the one constant that's been there since day one with Belichick? I shouldn't say since day one. Since he started with Belichick. Tom Brady. They'll get rid of everybody. They'll put bums on the field. No disrespect, because I'm not in the NFL, so I don't want to call these dudes bums. But they will put anybody on the field. Tom Brady will make it work. Now, what Robert Kraft is hedging his bet on is that the culture, the system, and the way of life that Bill Belichick has developed over these years is going to pay dividends next year. And let's keep it real. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, we've all heard the stories over the past couple years. Who is really the true straw that stirs the drink? Is it really Bill Belichick with his coaching style and he's the one that is the true GOAT? Or is it really Tom Brady in that Bill Belichick has not supported nor gifted him the appropriate talent that a lot of other quarterbacks that are great or even the modern-day great quarterbacks have. But yet, whatever he's given, he takes what he has, and he gives them dudes a ring. I don't know, but we're about to find out. We are about to find out next year. Now, one thing that I will say is, landing spots for your big boy, Tom, um, I will say this. Uh, I think there are two spots where he will land that fit him. I think he could go to a talented team like the San Diego Chargers. They are a playoff team. They got a running back. They have Keenan Allen, Melvin Gordon, a tight end and hoop. They have a lot of talent and a good defense. Or he could go to Tampa Bay. And when I look at Tampa Bay, Bruce Arians, that dude is a genius. When I talk about as a genius, in ter- I-, I-, I know last year you had Jameis Winston, and he's the first quarterback to throw for 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions in the same damn time. But he developed and grew Ben Roethlisberger on the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. There are numerous quarterbacks that he's coached up that have had great years. 
under uh, 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 under Bruce Arians. And now you could get a Hall of Fame quarterback to be teamed up with him. And when you look at that defense, there's a lot of talent. You got Shaq Barrett, JPP. There's a lot of talent on that defense. And when you look at the offense, they have receivers. They have a back. I mean, last year, how many, think about it, as competitive as the Buccaneers were, how many games would they have won if Jameis Witten didn't throw 30 interceptions? Right? If you ask me, where do I think Tom Brady's going? I say Tampa Bay Buccaneers. San Diego's cool. I think he goes with Tampa Bay because he wants to play as competitive as Tom Brady is, and he likes playing the best and busting down the best. He's going to play Matt Ryan two times a year. He's going to play Drew Brees two times a year. Teddy Bridgewater, I understand he's not great, but Drew Brees, Hall of Famer, he's going to want to play that dude two times a year. You playing the AFC West? You're playing up against a lot. Of, I don't want to say not not that just that division, just the AFC. I think he wants to get away from that conference and say I'm in a completely different conference, and I'm getting busy doing it on my own, doing it my way. Right? I'm just saying. Anyway. As we, at the 41st minute and 35th second, begin to wrap up this episode, I received this cousin, I received this cousin, I received this text from my cousin, shout out to my cousin Rachel, she actually texted this to me regarding everything that's going on, and um, this was posted online, and it was regarding the coronavirus epidemic pandemic that we're dealing with and this was a principal that posted this online to all her students not her students to the teachers and i'm going to read it for you right now so um i'm going to begin take a minute and read this a principal from oceanside sent this to her his slash her staff this is there is so much fear and perhaps rightfully so, about COVID-19. And what if we subscribed to the philosophy that life is always working out for us, that there is an intelligence far greater than humans at work right now, that all is interconnected? What if the virus is here to actually help us? To reset, to remember what is truly important, reconnecting with family and community, reducing travel so that the environment, the skies, the air, our lungs all get a break. Parts of China are seeing blue skies and clouds for the first time in forever with the factories being shut down. Working from home rather than commuting to work Less pollution, more personal time. Reconnecting with family as there's more time at home. An invitation to turn inwards to a deep meditation rather than the usual extroverted going out to self-soothe 
to reconnect with self. What is really important to me? A reset economically. The working poor. The lack of healthcare access for over 30 million in the U.S. The need for paid sick leave. How hard does one need to work to be able to live, to have a life outside of work? And washing our hands? How did that become a new thing that we needed to remember? But yes, we did. The presence of grace for all. There's a shift underway in our society. What if it is one that is favorable for us? What if this virus is actually an ally in our evolution? In our remembrance of what it means to be connected, humane, living in a simpler life, to be less impactful, more kind to our environment, and offering from our heart, offered as another perspective, another way of relating to this virus, this unfolding, this evolution. It is time for a change. We all knew that. And you know what? Change has arised, has arrived. What if? That, my friends, is your positive quote. Bye, everybody.